This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Ruben. How you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I'm Great. I, That's I, good. That's like a good start for a Sunday morning. It is. Well, honestly, well, it was gray earlier, and now I'm disappointed that it seems to be clearing up. <laughs> yes. Such but a bummer. That sunshine. Such a Ugh. bummer. <laughs> um, but this is part of our sort of all-naked weekend. Yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> For those of you listening, yes. not we're not doing that in the first person. You know when I was, or are we? When I was in college, <laughs> uh, I had friends who had a radio show, and it was called All Nude Radio. Yeah, and they would they purported to be naked in the studio. These two guys did and, they? Were they? Well, we never knew. I showed up at BRU WBRU mm-hmm. once to see if they were really all nude. Um, and they were, but I think they knew I was coming. And so mm. I still don't know whether that was what they were up to. was part of the legend. It is. And now it's been decades, so who knows? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that now, maybe. Anyway, uh, so it's all nude weekend. <laughs> we <here>. digress. <laughs> but I digress. Um, we had an interesting talk last week with Sh- Shiva Sh- mm-hmm. Sh- Sharifi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sharifi. Did I get that right? The, the extra E sound at yeah. the end, yes. And... Um, and her work, she has a sort of body of work, which is very interesting. But there's another photographer who I have um, always really admired on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I've, I've not seen his work anywhere else. And he goes by Photokammer. Mm-hmm. Photokammer? That's German, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can talk to him about it as well, but yeah. Uh, his name Kama is John. or like Kammer? I think he likes his anonymity, but um, we can call him John. Okay. Let, let us call him John. And John is on our show today. John, welcome to Everyday Photography. This is Suzanne. Suzanne, John. Hi, John. Nice to meet you. Well, nice to be here. Thank you. What, um, I'm a little curious. Can we maintain your anonymity and determine where you are? Are you in the Bay Area? Are you in America? I am in the Bay Area, yes. Okay, is that is that that's as close as we need to get, right? Yeah, I think that's fine. I think we can we can leave it there. Okay, and so the thing, and um, our audience won't know this till they go to your, our show notes. But um, photo camera, if you look at this body of work, it is amazing landscape photography in some of the most beautiful places in America or the world, I guess. And there are nudes involved. You've somehow got beautiful figures which are as beautiful as the landscape and they all sort of dance they almost look like they're together. frozen in like movement yeah and you also have a, a really wonderful kind of humor at times where the forms uh are either a counterpoint or emulate the the physical for the rocks and the other stuff so anyway welcome to the show and i really want to learn more about your work and how you got into this so who are you to the, degree, to the degree you can tell us. Um, sure. Um, again, pleasure to be on the show. Um, I am not a photographer full time. This is my hobby and it's my passion. So this is what I do as a creative outlet that takes me away from my regular day job, which is um, in, in the tech field. So this explains why I'm in, in the Bay Area. You have an alter um, ego. This is my alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you'd mentioned how my photography is mostly um, figures in landscape, and I think this is a pretty good um, description. And it also um, is, is sort of is the end result of how I came into photography in the first place, because I, I used to be a painter, or I, you know, I painted way more. Um, than I photographed in the beginning. Uh, my paintings were mostly landscapes or, or abstracts and, and still life. Um, but it got to a point where I ran out of material um, and I, I didn't, I just didn't feel like, you know, being out painting in nature um, because of all the logistics involved and, and the time. And so I decided to pick up a camera and take some reference shots for my paintings. And when was that? Um, so that was about 10 years ago, and, you know, very quickly I discovered how um, I needed some technical knowledge, how to work the camera, and how, you know, all the, all the technical elements of photography basically were, you know, this, this black box to me. And so I joined the local camera club in town, um, and uh, I don't know, things sometimes I look back and I think, you know, life is kind of, is a comedy of of some cosmic, you know, proportions. Because the very first night there, I, I met this photographer who who has worked for all the big name magazines. He's he's got Vogue, he's got National Geographic, you know, Sports Illustrated, whatever. And he was a guest speaker, and he was he was giving this talk. And at the end of the evening, I you know, in the in the social at the end, I approached him, and, and long story short, he took me under his wing as an apprentice. Yeah. And, you know, he was, he was retired, but he still liked to shoot, you know, pretty girls in pretty places. <laughs> um, and so that was, the, that was the beginning. And, of course, we, at, at the beginning, we were shooting mostly um, with, with artificial light and studio setup. And um, that was a good introduction to the technicals. But very quickly, I realized I really prefer natural light. I prefer natural settings. And... Mm-hmm you know, fast forward 10 years, we're here. Wow. And so when you say very quickly, like how much time did you sort of spend in the studio getting those technicals under your belt? I think we've, we've probably worked in the studio for about a couple of years, maybe a year and a half, two years. Okay. And I think this is really fundamental because you learn how to shape the light yourself and then you become comfortable with it. And then you're able to recognize all the different um, situations when you're in in non-controlled environments, like yeah. out in nature, yeah. you get a much better idea of you know the light characteristics and where the light is coming from and where is it reflecting off of, and etc. So when you were first, um, I mean, what your work looks like now on Instagram, it is it's beautiful. It's I find myself just sort of like gazing at the images much longer than a lot of things that I see on Instagram. Um, how did that sort of where you are right now in your work, how did that sort of come to be? Was it always nudes in the landscape or was it you were shooting fashion with this, you know, your mentor? Um, or how did how did this kind of combination come to be what it is? So my, my mentor was doing a variety of, of um, themes. So he was shooting lifestyle, he was shooting editorial, he was shooting fashion, and he was shooting figures and nudes. And... You know, after you know, not not too long after we started, I realized that it's such a hassle 
logistics at least wise to set up a you know a fashion or an editorial shoot we needed to get so many people involved you know the stylist and, and the makeup Hair and makeup yeah mm-hmm. and, you know, um, and all the the um, the, the other items attendant to these shoots and you know if somebody just kind of flaked or whatever it was always like some kind of a, an emergency happening mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. shoot and honestly I prefer when I'm shooting nature I prefer the, the human in their mo- most natural form mm-hmm. which is nude so that plus the hey I don't have to talk to anybody except the model to go and you know go and shoot so we can do so it so you don't on have an assistant you, you should you. Yeah, basically, once you, once you know, you know, a, a bunch of models that you've worked with before and you're on good terms with, and, you know, you can pick up the phone and, and say, hey, the weather looks nice. Do you want to go in a couple hours and shoot? But wait, Whereas, wait, wait, wait. You're going nice. to Utah. You don't, you're not just like walking <laughs> outside and saying, hey, let's go shoot. You have two models in Utah in the rock on the top of a mountain i can't even figure out how you get the logistics of that shot like, <laughs> let's go out there okay you're naked i know i want you to climb that mountain and when you get up at the top like how are you even talking to these people mm-hmm. how are you coordinating the shoot on your own <laughs> the off you know the impromptu shoot that's more like let's go to Marin or let's go to the north coast and shoot but the um the Utah trip or the Southwest trips in general, there, there obviously there's more planning involved as to, you know, models climbing up on top of rocks or mountains or hills or whatever. Usually, like, here's a little secret. I'm the one who's telling them not to. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm the nervous, you know, person staying behind and just like, oh, my God, my, my heart is going like 100. Yeah, <laughs> usually the fearless ones. And I'm begging them not to do anything too risky. <laughs> uh, in terms of like the pure logistics, there's uh, I found like a pair of walkie-talkies is usually really good for these oh, yeah. kinds of situations. So the model would have would have it, you know, hidden nearby, and then we communicate that way, or I can adjust her posing that way without having to yell. And sometimes even if you yell, you're just too far. Do you have a background in dance or are you hiring dancers? Because your their movements seem like there's almost this um, like musical or lyrical quality to them. And their poses seem almost, th- not, not theatrical, but yeah. Lyrical, like they're beautiful. They're lyrical, yeah. I'm, I don't have a background in dance, but um, most of these kinds of shoots, I usually end up for some reason, well, not for some reason, it was planned all along, but they're mostly models with, with dance background. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always kind of like my, the, the underlying um, sort of goal in my, in my shoot or in, in my composition is that I want the model to both uh, blend in and stand out at the same time in nature. I mean, that's sort of the purpose of what I do is I want to show us as humans or the human form uh, being really part of nature. So we are part of nature. We're not sort of alien elements on this planet. We, we are part of it. And, you know, with with the forms, and sometimes you end up with these, like, beautiful forms in nature, and it's only natural to think of how do I mimic or how do I extend or how, like, counter, counterpoint that. And having somebody with that sort of flow in, in their, you know, in the figure usually really helps. When I was little, I used to think um, that like all the hillsides were actually just giants napping under blankets. 
And so I, I, (laughs) yes, I I asked my mother, I was like, is that, is that how, is that how the landscape happened? She must've been like, I mean, yeah. Also, what a weird question. Okay. But, um, but I, I think, I guess I've always sort of, I love that. I've always seen sort of forms or body forms or, you know, whether it's like a a shoulder or like a a torso or a profile, um, in, in nature. So what I love about your work is that you get to sort of see that called out. And obviously the scale is very different. So it's almost like some of the dancer models, it almost looks like a rib that's, that's been then removed from this, you know, this internal cavern or whatever. Do you, the question I'm getting to besides my giant slumbering under hillsides, um, is there, is there something that you, you know, a spot, you know, a place and you are going in with an idea or do you sort of let it happen naturally as you guys are out there in, in nature and playing with the ever-changing light? Right. I, um, it's mostly the latter. Mm-hmm. There are certain, there are, you know, occasionally there are a couple of places that I see um, in my online research and say, yeah, I can picture somebody there in that particular, you know, position mm-hmm. from a particular angle. But these are more the exception than the rule. I generally go you know, with a very general idea of the location and then sort of just do it on, you know, on the spot. How do you prep your models for that? I mean, or that you said, you you know, these are models you work with a lot. Um, we were just talking to, as, as Ruben mentioned last week, to, um, to Shiva, and she was saying that so much of, just to make sure models are comfortable, especially as a new model, is just to give them kind of a clear understanding and what the expectations are for, for the shoot. How do, you, how do you prep your models? So, um, basically on these, on these trips and they usually, they're off somewhere in the middle of nowhere in the desert. And so obviously they're, you know, they're multi-day, um, expeditions more or less. So I usually never go uh, on something like that with with someone I've never worked with before. Makes sense. Uh, So usually I, you know, I've, you know, establish a relationship with a model. We've done perhaps a few shoots locally, and you know, we've gotten to know each other and what to expect from from one another in terms of the photography and the modeling. Um, so, in addition to that, there's also the aspect of um, so on on a local shoot. Um, you know, it's it's enough to be a, you know a photographer and a model with the same vision or an understanding of what you're tr- trying to create. And usually you go off for two, two, three hours an afternoon, you get it done, and you know, each goes a separate way. But when you go on these expeditions, there's the extra element of like, do I get along with that person? Will I be able to spend like four or five days together? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that usually filters out a bunch of other people as well. So you end up with this limited set. What, so four or five days with a model out there, um, it's got to be expensive. This is an expensive hobby. You've got models, you've got tr- flights and hotels and food. Is it, are you selling your work? Is that how you offset this cost? Cause the, or is it just a, a passion project? project? Like how does that come together? How did you decide to start investing that much in this new body of work? Um, it's an expensive hobby. I, uh, <laughs> Definitely. I mean, there, there are a lot of expenses involved, like you, you mentioned, but um, I, I don't do it to, to recoup the cost somehow. That's not my motivation. I'm not doing it commercially. Um, if I were, I'd definitely be marketing more and I would probably be enlisting the help of, of others um, to help me market. But I, I don't. I, 
Um, I just do it because I, it's my passion and I just budget whatever I need to budget every year. And that's why I only perhaps do two or three of these trips a year. Um, and that's usually enough for me. Have you been approached to by anyone to buy your pieces? Because I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if you said no. I think they're stunning. Um, and seeing them, they're so small on Instagram. I, I immediately wish there you had a show somewhere or yeah, they, something they where we could prints. see them bigger. Yeah, maybe neo modern. I mean, you yeah, need to have prints up it, it, large enough that people can understand the landscape, and it's not just a tiny figure. It's a it's in a, an expansive space, and they yeah, start asking for prints. You know, I've been approached for prints. You know, on and off. I did collect a bunch of photos in, in a self-published book uh, last year, oh, um, cool. just like a larger format, so um, I think 11 by 16 or something, or, or 11 by 13. And where could someone purchase that? Just um, give me an opportunity Blur. to plug it. <laughs> on it's Tom on, Books? Yeah. Blur? Oh, Blur yeah. Books. That's I think Oh. Cool. Cool. We like Blurb. And um, apart from that, no, I honestly, I'm, I'm very lazy about marketing. I don't, I don't really don't, don't care. I don't do it for anyone. I just do it for myself. Yeah. That's nice. And, no, I'm, I'm really interested in, in nature and in landscapes. Um, I always look at, you know, even when I go sometimes, you know, alone and I take landscape photos, sometimes the scale is so such that, you know, you, you, you think to yourself, well, people won't really, this won't translate well into a picture unless I have something relatable in there, you know, a human, a human figure, it's just to, to anchor that, that scale. Um, and so to me, it, it's more like shooting a landscape with a human figure integrated into it rather than, you know, shooting a nude, shooting nature. It reminds me, you know, the Ansel Adams of uh, Winter Sunrise, Lone Pine, and it's this huge, expansive mountain, and there's a tiny little horse out in the sun uh, at the bottom of the picture. Without that horse, it would be a relatively boring, un, unable to connect with it, and somehow that gives you the scale, and that's sort of how your pictures are, right? You have this body in there that changes everything about the landscape. Yeah, it, it gives you the scale, and it's not—I mean, it's not just the scale that that obviously is, is at play here, because you know you can go and put the proverbial banana in the picture. And that's <laughs> Tape to a wall. But, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Funny. It's it's really more about also having the human in there. It's, it, it is a human, not, not a horse, not some other animal. It's, it's us, it's, it's people, you know, in, in this setting. Do you ever, uh, I was good. It's like the humans in your, in your picture, the, the, the bodies in the pictures are highly posed. Okay. They're, they're in a very um, structured kind of form right? They're wrapped around a rock or they're assuming a position that, sh what, okay. It's very different than something that just felt like a wild person in the wilderness, right? So out, out for a walk or out, whatever. Have you considered the, the differences between those and experimented with them? Or uh, do you like this structured um, body? I do this structure. I like, I like the, the, I like integrating the lines and, and, and the posing to, to echo or to, you know, I like it better than say rather, you know, there's this trend on Instagram in recent years where you have these 
amazing epic locations with invariably some kind of a rock jutting out like right overlooking a lake or a mountain and there's somebody standing with their back to us mm-hmm. you know maybe in a in a red or blue parka or something yeah i've seen that picture that's, yeah that's not posed that's kind of somebody just standing there and to me that's cool but really that's not what i'm trying to do um Oh, go ahead. Sorry, finish your thought. If I had somebody in that exact same, I don't know if you can picture one of those. No, I, I do. I have the shot in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. keep going. If I had somebody, if I'm shooting somebody in that exact same spot, um, you know, they probably have to do something else as well, not mm-hmm. just stand there. Um, nothing wrong with that. It's just that that's kind of not my vision. But. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, I see so much in your work is just the complement of the human form. And I think where oftentimes landscapes do feel really, well, still, I guess, Mm -hmm. still life, go figure. Um, But then you are able to kind of get almost the same sort of stillness in your models. And so they're not leaping or running or things like that. They're, they're very, you know, there's, um, I'm moving as I'm saying this, Mm -hmm. but I mean, there's very much like this sort of dancerly you know, like there's, it's like the breath of a moment, but it's still just like this moment. And then the, the juxtaposition is against this landscape, these, this stonework, whatever that has not changed, that can't breathe, that can't move um, on the same timeline that humans do. I just, I, th- I, find, I find it really interesting at that, that particular moment, both things, there's this uh, almost like symbiosis between them. Hmm. I, I, where I'm going in my head, it's like I'm trying to wrap my arms around they're so beautiful and there's so many things I like about them, but I would also say that they don't have a kind of intimacy. They don't feel intimate like something that is sensual, uh, a sensual moment. They're beautiful the way a, I can't even, I'm, I'm not articulating this very well. You know what I'm saying? That they, there's, because of the structure, it's just a beautiful form but I feel different. Sometimes you see nudes and they feel sexy, sexual in mm-hmm. some way. And I don't get that vibe from these at all. It's just like it could be rocks. It could be beautiful rocks, mm-hmm. but it's not like an intimate moment that you've sort of jumped into, gotten a glimpse of. Does that make sense? Or is that? A, uh... Yes, <laughs> it makes absolute sense. And it's by design. So... This is, I'll give you an example. So I think one of the most recent posts that I made on Instagram is um, of a, uh, one of the Bristol countries with, with a model in it. Mm-hmm. And, and I was looking at, I was looking at that, um, and I was looking at the shoot, and I was looking at the photos that I made that day. Um, and there are, there are multiple photos from, from that same angle of that tree with the model in, in a variety of, um, of situations or poses. And one of, one of the photos was the model was just in what you may have, dis- you know, similar to what you've described where she's being cradled by the tree. She's basically just, just sitting, sitting in one of the, between two of the major branches and, and she's almost like being cradled by the tree. Um, there's another, photo where she's kind of languishing on it and, and with a little more so you've got a bit of the the intimacy you've got a little bit of the maybe sexiness but then there's the one that i ended up posting which she's kind of more part of a tree she's almost like a branch mm-hmm. um 
And, and that's the one that appealed to me most, and I ended up posting, even though there were a couple that were more sort of in the category that you mentioned earlier, which is more more sensual or more intimate, you know, intimate in the sense of, you know, being, you know, maybe getting a glimpse into the person of, of maybe their, their emotional state or their... So yeah, it's it's more it's more sort of what I'm what I'm into these days, and who knows, maybe I'll <laughs> if if you I'll into something, or I'll go into another another period. <laughs> I, I sort of have two questions that I want to ask at the same time, but the first one I'll ask is when you know when you look at your work or you think about your work, if you could describe it in one word, what word would you use? Huh, that's that's a hard question. One word. Uh, harmony. Harmony. Yeah. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah, I I'd say. Definitely see I'd that. say that's that's probably right. Yeah. yeah. Do you have? Uh, can I? I know you have. You have a second question. I have a second okay. question, yeah, but yeah. go. But you can go ahead, and then I'll ask. Well, I'm it. just kind of curious. Uh, in your home, do you have photographs on the walls? Yes, but not mine. <laughs> I'm curious what you have up. Can you describe a couple pictures that you actually have up in your home? I have a lot of Ansel Adams on my wall. Um, I have some, uh, when I said mine, I meant I don't have any of my uh, nudes on the walls. I I do have some of my work, but it's mostly landscapes and travel photography, just sort of things that are more like personal in nature that are rather than, you know, my, my work. Which Adams do you have up? Uh, I have um, I have a couple from Yosemite, and they are um, more like um, detailed studies of, of water ripples and ice ripples. And then I have um, I have his New Mexico print. Um, there is uh, here's a here's a little tip. You can go on to to a used bookstore, and you can buy um, some of his really large format um, collection of photography. And I don't know, like I, I lucked out, I was in, in a used bookstore in LA a few months ago and I, I picked one up and the paper quality was amazing and the prints were really great and you can just basically cut the page and, and frame it. Um, it's yeah. a really nice nice way. Like, a uh, very economical way to own an Adams. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. Um, so my question was, you said kind of the catalyst for you to go into photography was this idea of you getting out of the elements to help you paint more. Is this something that now that you've gone down this sort of photography wormhole and really found this passion, have you gone back to painting? Does it inspire you to kind of do both mediums? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know, it's, uh, two words, instant gratification. <laughs> it's really hard to, to Hard to beat a camera for that. Yeah. <laughs> beat a camera. Hard, hard to beat a digital camera. So I, I do paint occasionally, and I every time, every now and then, I I go through these cycles where I feel that I'm not, you know, growing as a photographer, that I'm being repetitive, or that I'm not really evolving, and then I take a, a creative break, so to speak, and get back to a canvas, and you know, so maybe like a couple of times a year or so, I do go back and paint. Nice. Um, and then, or take a, take a break in general from photography and, and just recharge. Is there anything you don't like about photography? Oh boy. Um, how long is the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, there are a lot of things I don't like about photography. Um, you know, but that's a very general, like if you try to narrow it down, maybe I can, I can comment on that. Well, I'm just uh, thinking, um, 
if you're create if you are truly creating uh, creating an image from scratch, like if you're painting it, you can adjust the perspective, you can force things or emphasize things or um, de-emphasize other things or eliminate them entirely. And now with photography, obviously with the cropping choices you make and the how you adjust the photo in post-production, you have a lot of that opportunity as well. But um, I guess I'm, I'm thinking more just, uh, you know, putting painting on one hand where you have complete control and photography on the other where you have these constraints that you have to really work within. Is that, does that help you with the specificity of the question or the things that maybe that you liked about painting that you don't like about photography? Um, no, I mean, in terms of the constraints, usually I find it, uh, I, I enjoy working within the constraints. I think the constraints are what make things interesting in the field. Um, so I do enjoy, you know, the challenge. Um, on the other hand, you know, there are certain constraints that are more like macro level where, yeah, I do, I would love to shoot in certain places around the world, but I know I'll never be able to because of the constraints, you know, whether it's um, the distance or the, the difficulty in getting to them or, you know, the situation on, or the, in terms of shooting nudes, uh, especially, like there are places in the world where I'd love to shoot, but, you know, obviously it's prohibitive either by, by legal or, you know, other constraints. So culture. Yeah. Do you, uh, I'm curious about your post-production process. Do you Photoshop pictures? Do you, if there's something weird in the frame, are you going to take it out in Photoshop or does that, are you just trying to work real hard not to have anything weird in the frame? So, um, 90% of my post work is in Lightroom. Um, I only take, take it to Photoshop if there are some like major issues that need like specific detailed work. But in general, no, it's mostly just cropping, adjusting, removing some blemishes, and maybe just dodge and burn. I'm just curious whether um, you think lesser of photographs that <clears throat> are more heavily photoshopped. Does that take away, would you still consider that photography? Is that, is it, uh, yeah, is it lesser? Is there something about the process of catching it that is the fun of, of the work for you, or is it is it, or as some of the people we've talked to say, anything in pursuit of the final great great final image, and I don't care how you get there, but I, I don't feel that way personally. It's like the joy of photography is trying to grab that fractional second moment that you like, and if you miss it, no, I'm not going to go make it in post production. And this is where you and I differ. That's right. You don't you don't mind. You don't <laughs> I think don't that's mind. cheating at all, no. but I do. So, you know, I'm curious where you fall on that continuum. <laughs> are you a tie where are you fall on this tiebreaker? <laughs> I okay, so I feel more it's it's, you know, the point of photography is to present something pleasing. Um, you know, I think the majority of, of how I feel about it is by looking at the end result. Um, now, sometimes I, I prefer, you know, like the subtle approach. I don't really like overly photoshopped or more, you know, modified photos. Um, in general, if it's done in a heavy handed way, it shows in the final product you know, and it renders it less appealing. But, you know, whether somebody, you know, shopped it a little or a lot really doesn't matter as long as, you know, what the final product looks like. Um, on the other hand, I, there are some things that I obviously don't like. I don't like 
you know, if you shoot somebody on a green screen and then, you know, post-process them <laughs> right on top of a rock, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, the photo looks impressive, but that's, that's not... People add, cl- people add clouds to a blue sky because they feel like it's too empty. Like, I wouldn't do that, but I th- I've known people who do that to make it more interesting looking. Would you do that? I would add some cloud. I don't do it. You know, maybe I've done it a couple but you don't of times. Have a problem with it. Okay. Um, so he's more in your camp than but, my camp, I'd say. Fair enough. I mean, I think people can go about their own work however that they however they want, fine, whatever their personal fine. guidelines it's are. Okay. But That's for me, right. as a as a as a viewer and appreciate um, an appreciator, I guess I it I'm fine with it. I also sometimes feel like it crew, you know, like Fred Barnes, who we mm-hmm. spoke to. Mm-hmm. Uh, few weeks well no sorry a few months ago mm. been a while yeah um but i mean he actually uses these pictures and those components to kind of create something yeah altogether different so. yeah that's true i um but for example the, the background in in the mona lisa was not really there when when he was painting well, her. Right, it was a painting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well i mean it's like maggie taylor's work it's like she creates everything in that in that and that's very much like a painting you're mm-hmm. using imagery to create this this painting but it's still to me it's a different art form it's 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 not lesser it's just a different thing that when you can create stuff in the frame versus the okay i'll stop i'll stop (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know we don't need to have this conversation every every time Uh, i think you just like it because we don't agree and so you always you you want to like push push a little for the maybe now you agree with me (laughs) go ahead john sorry my my sort of my opinion is that it's not really a, a black and white issue if you ignore the yeah. pun. But it, it's, you're, you're on a spectrum, right? Like there, there's there's a spectrum. On, a, on on the one end, you can see like what I call more like graphic design or or some kind of manipulation where people just bring five or six or seven different photos and take elements of each and they they create this mm-hmm. composite. I mean that is one thing. And then on the other hand, you've got you know, maybe the purists where it's whatever I, I snapped in the moment, that's all it goes into a photo. But then, you know, in between, there's like a whole wide range of what, you know, adjustments you make and what additions you, you do or subtractions, et cetera. Yes. So I, I find myself more leaning maybe on, on the purist side, but not all the way yeah. to the end. Maybe. That's fair. I, don't know. Yeah. I have a question. If, if money and culture and travel and other limitations were no object um what would be your dream shoot what would be my dream shoot where or what um there's no limitation so it it couldn't you know the the weather even if it's antarctica and um that's (laughs) that's not a problem and if or if it's you know in a muslim country that's the culture is not a problem it's not a problem there's no there's no risk there's no there's nothing that oh i couldn't do that because it's too expensive or i'm not able to get there there's a whole list of bucket sort of locations that I'd, I'd love to go to. Um, I think the um, China, China is is yeah. right up there. Uh, where uh, there are some places in China that are amazing, and, and we're not talking about the wall or any of those like human or man-made mm-hmm. structures, but there are some some natural features in China that are unique. To, to that country, um, not Iceland. Yeah. Um, I would say I'd really uh, love to shoot in in Morocco at one mm-hmm. point. 
have you been there by traveling no. and then and you were just thinking, oh, I'd love to come back and shoot this? Or is this from online inspiration no, that you I, would just love to go? Just by looking at photos and, um, you know, both looking at some of those um, traditional traditional houses with the interior courtyard and, and the arches. And um, that is an amazing sort of, to me at least, it's an amazing aesthetic. And then... And on the other hand, you can just go out to the desert and spend a day or two and shoot the huge dunes there. Um, What do you think distinguishes or separates your work from other landscape nude kinds of configurations? Yeah, that's that's, uh, that is the question. (laughs) I mean, Um, it's always the question, kind of. Basically, I know what I like and I just try to, to capture that. And I really don't spend too much time thinking about what sets my work apart from others, really. Like, you know, as long as whoever is shooting landscapes or whoever is shooting anything, as long as they are happy with what they're doing, to me, that's that's the point. Um, I try not to put my, my work up against anybody, you know. And this is not false modesty or, or you know, arrogance or anything. It's, it's really just the way it is. I, I shoot and I try to constantly have this growth path where I look at my photos from 2019 and I can see some improvement, at least to my to my eye, from what I did in 2018 and then what I did in 2017. And I'm hoping in 2020, hopefully, I'll look at, I'll look at them at the end of the year and say, hey, I, you know, I avoided some mistakes from 2019 <laughs> and so on. What are your goals for 2020? My goals is to shoot less and more, you know, shoot shoot fewer, fewer, fewer shoots, fewer opportunities, but shoot more in, in the sense of like larger scale projects. Um, you know, less is more. Mm-hmm. John, I really, <clears throat> I really love your work. I do too. I, I think it's, uh, it's some of the best stuff on Instagram, you know, and unfortunately I don't even know if that's saying much, but it, I, I like it. It should be printed. <laughs> People should see it larger. Um, and hopefully we can introduce some more people to your work and maybe we can even put it up. Um, but thank you for, for joining us this morning. I, I hope this was fun. Thank you. It was my, my pleasure. And, and you mentioned at the beginning that, uh, you know, my work is on Instagram. Um, it's also a couple of other places Easy. online, um, that don't have necessarily the, the limitations of, of Instagram, both in, in size and the censorship, but, um, there's photo camera. Dot com is my website. It's in severe need of, of updating. Um, there's also photocamera.blog where I try to start. I'm starting to post a little more frequently as I go. And um, you can go to either of these And just so everyone is spelling it correctly, can you spell it for us? F O T O K A M E R. Photocamera. I'm going to German. It's not the US way or like not the uh, English way of spending, <laughs> spelling photos. So I just want to make sure everyone went to the right place. Your work is incredible. So thank you for chatting with us and sharing it with us this morning. Um, would love to include a few, maybe a uh, few links of maybe some of your favorite pieces from the last year in our show notes. So if you can send those over, it allows our listeners to kind of 
get a get a visualization while they're hearing you describe your work. Absolutely, we'll do. Thank you. Absolutely. Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos and post comments. Please leave reviews and ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thank you to Photocamera, John, for joining us today. Mitchell Foreman for our theme music. HD Buttercup for this awesome lounge. And all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention, and we hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time. <laughs>